A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. You know, Wisconsin Agriculture's talked for a long time about the opportunity to market carbon, something that we store in the soil. It's related to some of our practices. I'll tell you what, that carbon marketing and just the whole story of sustainability is getting elevated a notch these days when it comes to our partnership with food providers, our food processors, and other groups that want to see sustainability become a real staple, a real lead for your farm plan. In studio with us today is Tim Bay, one of our university extension specialists that's been working on this project far longer than it's been making headlines. So, Tim, give us a little bit of an update. The last time I talked to you, there was policy movement down at the state capitol. Help people understand why anybody at the state capitol was engaged in this conversation. Well, thanks, Pam. Um, I think you just laid it out. The The leadership in the, in the legislature have been seeing this, uh, this train move and gain momentum over the last few years. And it's not strictly a partisan issue by any stretch of the imagination. This is a this is a topic that begins with land stewardship with every one of our landowners, including me, understand. But it also includes the entire food chain uh, from service providers and input providers to processors to distributors to marketers to retailers. Um, there are certain segments in our marketplace where point of origin, the quality of the, where the food comes from, the practices behind it, uh, is important. Now, the most, majority of the people are still going to be consuming conventional ag products, commodities produced on production level scale. But those operations are also um, seeing both an interest from their buyers, um, from their banks, from other suppliers and saying, okay, we all recognize that good stewardship needs to be out there. How do we find a way to um, help monetize that at the farm level? And that's really where a lot of the focus is right now is getting the rules right. And given our, our producers a clear line of sight that if I do this, I can expect this. You know, and that's just it. It is a push-pull situation right now. They are trying to pull you into this conversation of sustainability. Uh, it's far beyond carbon credits, per se, Tim. Uh, the sustainability conversation that is being elevated involves not only the carbon sequestration on your farm, your operation, it's also water quality, how you treat your animals, actually how you interact in the community. Help them understand what conversations you've been involved with where food processors, those distributors, those marketers are trying to pull farmers in instead of push them into practices. Thanks, ma'am. Um, well, it, it actually goes back to probably the organic phase uh, in the dairy industry um, in that organic producers started seeing an opportunity to target specific tar- specific groups. And then they change practices all the way down to the farm level to accommodate that. Well, that was a lesson learned. Fast forward, um, there are a whole bunch of different avenues in the sustainability area now, okay? it's Yes, it's about soil and water quality, but it's also about carbon footprint. And um, I'm part of a number of teams right now looking at responding to a USDA solicitation 
And it's an, just like the energy mix for farms, it's all the above. So let's say my processor is giving me an incentive or a stick saying I must um, look at reducing my carbon footprint so that when they file their reports to their shareholders and their customers, they're saying they're implementing carbon accounting. Well, what does that really mean? Well, there's a lot of debate about soil, okay? And soil is still a sticky wicket, and it's going to take some time to, to work out those practices. But if I contact my utility and say, hey, you got a renewable program for me? What's it going to cost me? And can I record that, report that? To my buyer. Well, that's an immediate change that a producer can look at and reduce their carbon footprint and be able to verify it saying, hey, I'm buying XYZ renewables from my rural electric co-op today. So it doesn't always have to be heavy handed or complex. Some of it's just low hanging fruit. Well, and that's kind of encouraging for any producer that's out there that's a little intimidated by the process. Uh, like I said to Tim, we've been down this road before. I can't remember how long ago it was when carbon markets, going to the carbon market was going to be the big thing, and it never really reached its true potential. Now, Tim, talk to me about the conversations you've been engaged in. I don't want people thinking this is just the Walmarts, just the McDonald's. This is an effort on sustainability's behalf that really covers the whole gamut as far as size and type of processor food provider. Yeah, let's unpack that in two areas, all right? First, let's talk about processors. Um, processors, this being led, this initiative is being led by the really big ones, the multinationals, okay? The 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 Nestle's, the Walmart's, the Loprino's, the Maple, Maple Leafs. Um, but they're setting the standards, and they're being driven to do this uh, for two different reasons. They look at if producers implement sustainability practices, they're doing risk management above and beyond commodity risk management. They're looking at a long-term viability, soil, water, productivity gains. And as a result, they represent, those producers are doing that, they re represent a lower supply chain risk. Mm -hmm. on, then on top of that, then the insurance, the crop insurance, the financial markets, everybody starts recognizing that this producer is less vulnerable to shifts in weather or disruptions in supply than the wolves that don't do the same thing. All right. Then, at the producer level, um, there's similar interests. And to be honest, a lot of the time, the incentives to doing this only are recognized or rewarded additional behaviors, new behaviors, new practices, and didn't recognize past. And so those who've been acting good as good stewards and putting money and time into their property, into their land and their practices, um, weren't rewarded. That's how this whole scenario is starting to change, okay? Because you're still going to have those that you're going to get an incentive or you're going to get a reward for doing something new. But those marketers, those buyers that are looking for carbon footprint and saying, okay, we have to report our carbon footprint to our customers, to our shareholders, 
Those of you who have already been reducing that over the years, you just helped us along. Now we're really interested in doing business with you. You know, it is a it is a complicated arena that we're walking into here, Tim. And we had mentioned at the outset, we don't want to overwhelm you. We just want to basically keep you informed of what's coming your way. How do you coach people up to try to stay engaged in the conversation? The first thing that comes to my mind is if I don't know where my milk, where my beef, where my pork ultimately is ending up, that would seem to be the first conversation I need to have. Yeah, the first conversation is with your buyer and said, okay, I hear all this noise. What can you do for me? What do I need to do to benefit in my relationship and continuing to sell you to you? If you're going to an auction house all the time, and I mean, yeah, you're not going to have that direct connection. But if you've got a relationship with your buyer, absolutely. First place to start. Second thing to start is, is then um, contacting NRCS. And so what's coming down the pike? Because one of the benefits of uh, the current place that we find ourselves in right now is that if you are smart as a producer and you ask the questions of your buyers, how am I being incentivized for carbon? You may also be able to look at to NRCS and to other some other programs and say, okay, what are some cost-sharing programs that I can get to implement sustainability program plans? Because we can double count. You can't count carbon twice. But just because you get a cost share to do cover crops, that's separate to the carbon benefit of doing the cover crops. So you got to figure out how do you make the accounting all work. There are a lot of groups in Wisconsin that are already pretty engaged in this conversation. I mean, I know Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation has kind of added a new sustainability division. Dairy Business Association's got a whole uh, group of sustainable farmer organization uh, conversations. So how do I start lining things up? Do I do an inventory check on my farm, Tim? What do I start looking at trying to write down and maybe have something to go to those uh, processors or my farm organizations with? Well, the first part is find out what the kind of carbon accounting system your processor is using. Mm-hmm. All right? And to be frank, I would start pressing your processors to say, okay, what do you see? If they don't have one in place, what do you see coming down the pike? Can we work together on doing something that fits, making sense? Second part is, is really f- reach out to FSA and NRCS. says, what's USDA looking at? Because... One of the biggest gaps here, Pam, to be honest, is there isn't standards. This is still evolving. And the more that USDA hears from the farm community, the more that the farm community is going to have an equal side of the equal seat at the table to deciding how this works. And that takes us full circle, literally. Tim Bay in studio with us, University Extension Specialist, working for a long time, not just recently, on this whole carbon markets, sustainability 
uh, tag that can come along with your farming operation and ultimately turn into a revenue possibility for you. But again, Tim's uh, point being made, farmers need to stay engaged in the conversation. Pay attention to what's happening around you before somebody delivers a letter to you that gives mandates on what you must do without any financial reward attached. Get involved in these conversations early. Like I said, Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, Dairy Business Association, an example of some groups that are starting these conversations. But to Tim's point, you can start right at the county level. Check in with your local Farm Service Agency office or the Natural Resource Conservation Service office near you. Tim May, along with us. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke.